Welcome to TSOH Weekly, episode number 13. My name is Alex Morris of the TSOH Investment Research Service. With me, as always, Francisco Oliveira of Aravilo Capital Management. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, earnings season is getting underway for the third quarter of 2023, and uh, Francisco and I thought that we would each pick two or three companies to discuss that we are particularly interested in to see the, the results or commentary on certain items as we look up to the next uh, two or three months. So Francisco, why don't you get us kicked off with some companies that you're you're interested in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every earnings season is interesting. Sometimes we get noise. Sometimes we get, um, you know, material information that changes a company's trajectory. But um, some of the companies I was thinking about um, that we've talked about, others we haven't, like, like Disney, I think, what will be very interesting to see uh, if they finally break out ESPN's financials, which I think, I think they will, at least in this earnings or shortly after. So seeing how how that business has performed over time and their margins and, and growth profile, um, I think it's going to be pretty insightful in terms of uh, determining the value for the whole company. We're also, you know, they they instituted a price increase I think this week or or next few days that they'll have by the time they report earnings in a couple of weeks, they'll have in, you know, initial insight into that or how their direct to consumer services churn um, and happened during, during that period. And if they had any difficulty. So I think how the price increases came into effect and ESPN's financials breaking out will be, will generally uh, be interesting as investors. Um, TKO Group, which which owns WWE and UFC, recently merged, is going to be their first quarter that they report as a public company. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they position their business for the first time for investors, and potentially any any color on capital allocation, um, dividend policy, buyback policy, you know, leverage targets. It's a very high free cash flow generating company. Pre cash flow conversion should be in the seventy percent range in 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 the short term. So um, we might get some insight there. And you know, discussions around the overall sports ecosystem is going to be interesting as investors thought the uh, SmackDown rights renewal were were pretty were less than expected. So how they talk about that will be potentially insightful. Um, finally. Liberty Media is a bit of a messier one um, because it has three trackers and it, it just spun off a couple of months ago. The Atlanta Braves, which they which they own, um, one of their trackers is Liberty Sirius, which just announced a split off and merger with Sirius XM that they're negotiating. It's not finalized. Um, there's a Formula One tracker, which is mostly a pure play, cash rich. Um, they're gonna Formula One's gonna host a Vegas race in November, so we might have um, initial guidance on the profitability of that of that event. Um, given that the earnings will take place a week or two before the event, but they should basically have a a good estimate by then, and I think that'll be very material to the company. And finally, their last tracker is called Liberty Live, which is very new. It's gonna be the first full quarter reporting. Um, and it trades nearly 50% discount to his net asset value. So I think any color on what opportunities they see to reduce that discount 
or or make acquisitions would be interesting. So Liberty Me is a bit of a messier one, but so those some other companies I have my eye on as as earnings season goes on their way. Yeah, I think the I mean they're all very interesting. I think Disney, to your point, there's been a lot of news here in the last handful of weeks, and uh, I think it's it's becoming clearer and clearer. It already has been clear for some time, but it's always becoming clearer that Iger needs to uh, needs to clarify a lot of things. And to your point, this the USD to C price hikes are a uh, very material development in how we're thinking about the future of this business, as is the as is the breakout of ESPN financials. As you think about those two things, do either do either one of those two strike you as the more impactful reveal or the more interesting reveal? Um, yeah, I think um, I guess we're, we're going to get a lot more information once the ESPN financials are broken out. We're going to see advertising breakdown, affiliate breakdown, EBIT, EBIT uh, profitability. I think that will be a little bit more revealing in terms of of that that the that that business's value to the overall company because you put out ESPN and we're going to see how the other cable channels are doing which presumably are doing a lot worse. So I think that's going to be more revealing in terms of the overall value of the business. I don't think we're going to you know we might get color on the price increase but I don't think we're going to get like a you know uh pinpoint data points uh, or a reported KPI. So I just, you know, we'll probably get like, hey, it went better than what we thought it would or that type of language. But I think it's extremely important that the price increase is more important to, to the long-term uh, trajectory of the company. But I think the ESPN breakout will provide a lot more details for us to analyze. Well, now, now that you framed it that way, in terms of the information we're going to get about the non-ESPN portion, it makes me think... Uh... The, the timing of the charter fight is, is uh, fortuitous in some ways in terms of what we're gonna what we're gonna learn about these different pieces of the business. I know you and I both have some thoughts about that, but we'll see. Um, we'll see. Yeah, the companies that I'm I'm really interested in, in addition to the ones that you mentioned, um, you know, the first one is is Microsoft, which report which is reporting in about two weeks. And obviously, I'll be I'll be interested in the broader financial results, but I'm also really curious to hear about these different co-pilot products that they've that they've talked about here recently and which uh, two of the big ones became generally available here at the end of September. So, you know, management said on the last call that we're unlikely to see, you know, material financial impacts from these things for, you know, probably at least another six months, uh, maybe longer. But I'll just be curious to hear about um, what, what customers have seen as they've, as they've been using the product. Similarly to to some of the developer productivity productivity data that we got on on the GitHub Copilot, which that that product was made generally available middle of last year, so you know it's an older product where we have have some of that data and information that, in my mind, helps you think about realistic ARPA expectations, um, less so as standalone services and more in terms of in their inclusion and kind of the productivity suite more generally. So, so I'll be curious to see if we get some you know admittedly anecdotal data, but some information on on some of those things. Um, you know, second company I'm really interested in seeing is Airbnb a company I've been following for, for a long time. I, I think they're in a really interesting place in terms of some of the discussions I've been having in on, on the Substack for some time around ADRs and affordability and the like. Um, you know, a big focus of my my most recent piece about the company was the similar listings host tool that 
that I think could could result in some um, needed changes in terms of pricing competitiveness on the platform. So I'll be curious to see if that starts showing up. Um, and I'll also be interested to see if if the long term mix of the business continues to well, it has been coming in from kind of the pandemic highs. Um, some of the commentary in the last call from Chesky suggested that he thinks it should be quite a bit larger piece of the business over time. So, um, you know, they've introduced some some new features on on that piece of the business as well. And I'll be curious if they can start driving long-term mix higher again, especially if we're in an environment where it might be getting more difficult generally for for travel and, and discretionary spending, right? So that's the second one that's really interesting to me. The third is Dollar General, which won't, won't report for uh, a while now. I don't think till end of November, early December. Um, but you know, it's a situation where the stock has obviously got hit quite hard over the past year or so. Um, it's a company where, as I think back on on how the last two quarters went, the first the first quarter of those two, I think management was honestly a little bit tone deaf, and I I don't think what they were saying really meshed with kind of the results they were reporting and particularly relative to the to the peers in my opinion um the last call i think it was a little bit more of okay we actually we're actually taking this more seriously or communicating more reasonably in terms of our, where our current results are relative to where they should be so be curious to see what they say coming out in this quarter and obviously as well how the how the actions they've taken are, are starting to impact, you know, the reported results. So, you know, I think Dollar General is interesting. There's been a lot of conversation, I guess, uh, around the name, and you got a Bloomberg cover story as well. You, do you think management needs to come out kind of swinging, uh, you know, putting their cards on the table in a more meaningful way, given you know, that they were, you know, tone deaf? Uh, in you know recent history so do they need to is there something that they can do to to regain investor confidence or just show credibility in a much forceful way this coming quarter yeah i think it's i think it's i mean really a combination of the two but i think it's the credibility of you know here's the problem or here's our perception of the problem even is it is a company specific is it more broad you know just just lay out your kind of view of what's happening and obviously as importantly you're your thoughts on how to change it. Um, you know, in terms of some of the some of the stuff reported in the media, you know, it's always it's always a mixed bag in terms of what you're getting there. It's funny to see it when stock prices go down. I, I did note on the one article, uh, not the first Bloomberg article, but the second one, it cited a cited a survey about uh, paid sick leave, and I found it very interesting that Dollar General was called out in the headline of the article. And if you went to the actual research report, a company that had identical metrics on paid sick leave was Chick-fil-A, which is a company that <laughs> I assume my perception, I think it's a broad perception, is that they're generally a pretty good employer, right? And being sick if you're working for a fast food restaurant is also a little bit different than if you work at a retailer. Um, but I digress. <laughs> well, it'll be an interesting earnings season and we'll have a lot of companies to talk about. So I think, uh, I think that's all the time we got. We'll be back next week.